Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slim, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic Mass readings and discuss how the Word helps you know your God. All music on this podcast is written and played by Mikey Eden. Mikey is a diehard supporter of the Ramblings of the Catholic Church. If you are interested in having him play at your parish or church, go to nnbank.com. Hi, right, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast of the Ramblings of Beef and Slim. My name is Slim, also known as Kyle Kuckelman. Go ahead. I am Father Adam, a.k.a. Beef. And on the iPad this time, I'm down in, where am I? You're in Garnett. I'm Kansas. in Garnett. I'm not in Greeley. Nope. You passed Greeley. Via the iPad, we have. And also known as Monsieur Kevin Bailey. Or Father, as Kyle called him. On accident, because I'm used to talking to the Father on the iPad. Kevin screwed up and got the wrong vocation. <laughs> I actually prayed very much about that, and uh, I was like, oh, well, I mean, I can do it, so I should. And somebody's just like, who do you think you are? You can't just be a priest. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Okay, then. Fine. So, <laughs> he might that's the end of my story. <laughs> that was just a terrible story. <laughs> I know. That was a, I found 50 bucks. That was the ending you needed there. <laughs> and then I got married. Is there that it 50 is. bucks? There it is. Oh, <laughs> that works, too. That, that works, too. All right. Oh, uh, we're going to start. So, I got to pull up the readings because technically I don't have them up yet. I'm oh, super it. prepared, everybody. Our second reading is from a, a great source. I'm a, super excited. Don't say the name. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta... I'm leaving a teaser. It's a teaser. I think he's going to screw it up. Okay. Oh, definitely. So the second reading is it's <laughs> Philemon. There you go. Was that right? Yeah. Nailed it. Oh, you went to the thing where it at least had the name because it's... Yeah. The abbreviation is P-H-M-N. Yeah, I would have said Flum. <laughs> <laughs> Father Flum wrote a book in the Bible? Speaking of Father Flum, I've played golf with that dude. That dude can outdrive and outdrink me, like, every time. <laughs> <laughs> that guy can uh, play some golf. Oh and, you know, he's, like, in his 80s. Yeah. And he looks like he's in his younger than me. Yeah. Well, that doesn't take much. Hey, all right, great. <laughs> How's that beard? That great beard coming? You're so salt and peppery I now. I so forgot to shave for a day or two, <laughs> and then I didn't feel great over the weekend. I was like, oh, I'll just get to it Monday or Tuesday. I think it's beard time for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it starts. You get lazy. I'll do it on Tuesday or in February. <laughs> It's starting to get chilly outside. It's not supposed to get above 90 in the foreseeable future, so. Yeah. It's, it's only out. 79 degrees outside. I brought a winter coat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God help us all. So, what were we talking about? The readings. readings. The readings. Yeah, you need to announce those. So the first. Go the, back the first reading is Wisdom 9, 13 through 18b. What? So, are there... Uh, no, I don't think there's enough for a C. Is there a C and no. a D in this one? <laughs> okay. I'm guessing that would be some sort of old translation. Where they You're an old words. translation. Ouch. So the second reading is uh, not from Father Flum, but actually from Philemon, 9 through 10 and 12 through 17. And the gospel is Luke 14, 25 through 33. And I want to give everyone a disclaimer who's listening. If you hear something that so- sounds like gnawing on a bone. Oh, it could be. It's probably Father Adam's dog who's sitting here with this bone that is ginormous, just going to town. 
I thought that was Father Adam typing on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's just the dog. It's so that she's quiet. Well, well because quieter. we've got a guest. She's super happy, and I couldn't... I made her run until she just gave up on me yesterday playing fetch. She just laid down, <laughs> trying to wear her out for today. But she recouped and was jumping around. She was very excited to see machine. me. Yeah. yeah. And we've got a lot of electronics going on in your house. So. And she knocked over one of my books with her tail, so I was afraid of what she might do to <laughs> important stuff. So, uh, Father, we're, so today I'm at Father's house in Garnett, Kansas. And it's, you have a cool house. I do. This, it's beautiful. And when would you think this house was built? Uh, I don't know. I'm bad at time. 20s. It was in the 20s. This thing is almost 100 years really? old. Really? And it looks It's amazing. really nice. So, um, Father, give us a little history on this house. You were telling me a little bit as I came in. So I got bits and pieces of the history. So this parish has been here. They just celebrated their centennial the weekend before I got here. So the wow. parish has been here since 1916, for those that can't do math easy, Kyle. And the, the rectory here has served different purposes. There used to be... A, don't know what order, but there was a religious community of men priests here. Um, That's crazy. At one point, it said other, obviously, priests here. The parish offices were here, which is why I've got a whole bunch of different doors to my living room and my dining room and stuff. And there's a cool little bathroom I'll have to show you. There's a two-step downer because it's hiding underneath, but it's the stairwell, oh. but it's next to what was once the parish office. Okay. And my front porch, I think, was at one point just wide open, but then was closed in because it was a part of the parish office. It's a cool house. It is. How many bedrooms are there? Four. And you're here by yourself with a dog. I am. So I turned one of them into a personal chapel. Nice. Is another cool. one a weight room? No. That's in the basement. Mm. Actually, there was a set. I go to the local community center. but there, I was going to ask, is there a community a center for you to work uh-huh. out in? Yeah. Do they have enough weights here? They in do. Garnet? Yeah. If I was still competing, it would be pushing it. But <laughs> since those days are gone, at least for now. Kevin, have you ever ran into the problem where you don't have enough weights? <laughs> Um, that's why I don't work out, actually. <laughs> Is that why you're trying to sell me your weights last week? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to sell them. Some guy messaged me today. He just wants to buy the bench, which I'm like, I don't care. I'll take money for anything. I got to buy shoes, you know, because nah, I'm embarrassing myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the readings. Uh, all right, first reading is from Wisdom. Which means we should gain wisdom from reading this, right? One would hope. Uh, Kev, what are your initial thoughts on the first reading? Just the first time you read it, what was the thing you thought of? Uh, this is going to sound really weird, but earlier this week, because it was the feast of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Bernard. Um, Isn't it Bernard? Bernard. I know. I, I do it every time. My fa- Bernard uh, is a family name, but the Benedictines, it's Bernard. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Sorry, continue. Um, when I, f- I, I was reading about him, they were talking about him and wisdom and stuff like that, and he was a very wise man. Uh, and it, it, legend teaches, or history teaches, the church teaches, that it was actually because he was shot in the face uh, with milk from our mother's breast, wait, from wait, wait. Mama Mary's breast. Is this the story about the cave um, in Jerusalem? It could be. Do you know what I'm talking that about? That is another story. But that illustrates the same point. Okay, sorry, go ahead then. Sorry, I didn't know if we were doing the same thing. No, he was uh, uh, praying for wisdom and to do the Lord's will and everything like that. And Mary squirted him uh, in the eye, in the mouth, depending on the drawing and the story. Uh, And it it washed away the scales from his eyes. It gave him uh, supernatural knowledge, supernatural wisdom uh, to know how to follow the Lord and serve the Lord better. Um, 
and I was just thinking about that idea because this whole reading talks about how you know the deliberations of mortals are timid and unsure of our plans, but it's only when we have uh, been given wisdom from on high, as he was from our mother Mary, that we can hope it, hope to accomplish anything, that we can hope to give to heaven. Uh, and I love it because that image of of Mary doing that in our in our modern day in our age is so. Um, a lot of people are like repulsed by it. Like, mm-hmm. why is that a thing? Um, instead of recognizing the beauty of, you know, mo- our mother Mary feeding Jesus and then passing wisdom on to uh, the saints of the day and age. Yeah, I really like that line that you just said it, who sent your Holy Spirit from on high. Like, unless you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot have wisdom, yep. which is kind of a crazy thought to have. Mm-hmm. Father? It is. And it's. It's cool because this dances around the whole idea of what is the purpose of this life and the struggles that we have here and how the body at times can seem like it is a hindrance to our growth and holiness. So I've actually been talking to a friend trying to work through just my continual conversion and rooting sin out of my life. And in a lot of ways, just the natural desires of the body, of all the emotions of of anger, of Mm -hmm. even joy, of... You know, what's one of the first things you said to me when you saw me today? I'm hungry. I want food. And how even those simple things can be a detraction or distraction from our pursuit of God. And so when we look at this life, I'm actually preparing RCI tonight. We're talking about the about God. Purpose and, of life. The meaning of God. Yeah. Or, I mean, what what we know of God and what we're able to say about him. And using, of course, Bishop Barron, I'm just going to show the Catholicism series, and I figured mm-hmm. he taught me this stuff. I may as well use him to, yeah. <laughs> to go with. There's our Bishop Barron of the day. There it is. The first of maybe <laughs> Within a couple. first five minutes. Because <laughs> I just watched one of his videos this okay. week. But uh, he talks about, you know, if you think you understand God, it's not God. And so it's a perpetual and constant wrestling with it. Wait, wait, wait. Say that sentence again, because that's super, super good. It's a constant and perpetual. Not that. What, what, then I forgot it. If you think you understand God. <laughs> oh, if you think you understand God, drop it. Yeah. You don't have it. Dump it. That's a bad idea. Yeah. You don't have it. You can't fully understand God. He is a mystery. And I think it seems like the author here of Wisdom um, is wrestling with the human condition, and our life only makes sense if we look at God. And so how many different atheists or um, well, even um, like converts from a Protestant denomination, how they you know were wrestling with stuff, and eventually they came to understand God working in their life. And actually, even some of the stuff that is here, we one of the things I was looking at said, Plato is quoted here, at least maybe a thought that was with just an ancient Greek philosopher is in here, but then they add the Holy Spirit. And so you're mm. looking at wrestling with the world, we're seeing this stuff going here, um, but eventually God is the one that makes sense through all of this. I don't know if that makes sense. I rambled and I had like a bunch of thoughts in my head at once. I hope some listener understood that because I was confused for a lot of it. Kevin, were you confused? Uh, it cut out like the first... 30 seconds and so it just came in the middle and i'm like where (laughs) and then i just i just kind of my brain wandered and i was like you know i should probably find the source for that saint bernard stuff so if someone wants to look at it they can (laughs) and uh so we're really was, all paying attention was, very well. All right, I was good. really hoping you weren't going to ask me to clarify his thoughts. <laughs> I'm feeling the love today. Uh, In the sh- but the, the good news version. is, the good news is, if you want to know more about St. Bernard, it's on churchpop.com. Nice. Um, so, okay, wait. I want to go back to the very first two lines of this reading. Who can know God's counsel or who can conceive what the Lord intends? Hey, your phone's ringing, dude. Got uh, it. Not mine today. <laughs> um, 
the I think that is something in our everyday life that we are trying to figure out what God has in store for our lives. And because of that, we like get wrapped up in the God, what do you want for me in the future? Rather than worrying about God, what's the Holy Spirit trying to do to me right in the present day, in the present moment? Rather than like, what's my vocation for the future? What's my vocation for the right now? And how does God want me to serve the right now? And I think that's just for me, at least, that's how I struggle in mm-hmm. in my relationship with Christ. I feel like a lot of times, yeah. And in that constant pursuit, just trusting that if we're doing the best we can at any given moment, and it's best we think we're following God's will, that God's gonna God is leading us where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I was listening or reading something. I don't even remember this last week um, talking about the problem of evil. Actually, no, same thing. It was the video from Barry. Okay. Um, it's a problem of evil, and it's the Job thing, which is a part of our wisdom literature. That's the category it falls into. And Job is like, why am I going through all these terrible things of my family dying? I'm sick. My family and friends have turned against me. My wife thinks I'm a terrible person. Um, and so Job confronts God, and he says, why are you letting me go through all this stuff? I haven't committed a grave sin. And he knows mm-hmm. that. And God says, where were you when I formed the world? Mm-hmm. Where were you when I formed the waters? And just said, I've got a plan you going through this struggle right There's now a reason. is a reason, yeah. So we've been in my in one of my men's groups. We've been talking about. Uh, so you know the the phrase like "oh, offer it up, mm-hmm. offer it up." That is like one of those Christian phrases that drives me just bonkers because it. Everyone says it, but does anybody actually know what it means? Yeah. Yes. Explain. It's funny you should bring that up. <laughs> Because I was reading something about that today, about understanding how to unite ourselves um, to the cross. I'm reading through um, the 33 Days to Merciful Love, yeah, uh, which is the consecration to divine mercy in this year of mercy. And in it, Father Gately is talking about you know what we've learned from Saint Therese and Saint Faustina, and he doesn't like where I'm going with this. I don't no, know. no, no, you were just cutting shoot. out a little bit. Um, got it, and. Uh, in it, he says that the sacrifice that we make is by giving praise and thanksgiving to God. And so when we're offering it up, we take these things that are given us, these challenges, and instead of becoming bitter, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we sing the praises of God and we thank God. And the story that always comes to my mind is when uh, the story of John Paul II, when he got his hand slammed in a car door, and uh, his chauffeur was so upset, and John Paul just smiled and looked at heaven and said, thank you, Lord. Mm. And just like that's what it means to offer it up is to give God praise and thanksgiving in every situation. The the other thing about the offering it up is the um, people always say it's unite yourself with the pa- the passion. Yep. So what does that mean, Father? Um, actually, I just was like I need to look it up on the scriptures, but now I'm talking, so I can't because we know how my multitasking. Yeah, works. you're really bad. good at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, Paul says in one of his letters, I am making up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. And he's talking about his own sufferings. And we know that Jesus is God. He is the unblemished lamb. His sacrifice was all that was needed. But And this goes at the whole dynamic, and a part of it is, um, I think we could tie into what this wisdom theme is of trying to understand God's planet as a whole. But God the Father wants us to share in his mission. You know, it's Adam and Eve's commissioning, go and procreate, work with me in this act of creation that I'm doing. And so even though Jesus' sacrifice in and of itself was all that we needed, God chooses and desires us to work with it. So when Paul says, I make up for what is lacking in Christ's sacrifice, it's not that he didn't give enough. It's He did, 
but he wants us to be the vehicles of taking his grace out into the world. So God chooses to work mostly through secondary means. Mm -hmm. So he chooses usually to work through me Mm -hmm. and my preaching, you two and your youth ministry, husband and wife together. And so God wants us to work with him. And one of those ways that we can do that is whenever we're going through a period of suffering, either we can, like Kyle, or not Kyle, Kevin was talking about, with the growing bitter in those moments, or we can say a little prayer of offering saying, I offer this sacrifice, this suffering, whatever it may be, as big or as small as it might be, with Christ on the cross for the salvation of mm-hmm. souls or for to root this sin of my life or to help this person who's left the faith. Um, and we work with Christ on the cross in that moment. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's why a good morning offering is something I encourage very, very often, and I try to say every morning. Like what? What's a good morning offering? You can look them up online. A lot of them are tied with an organization, and actually it came, I think, from um, seminarians who wanted to do active ministry but couldn't because they were studying. Mm -hmm. We want to be involved in the church and not just in this time of studying, although that's obviously important. And... um, so, oh my Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with Christ on the cross and offered on altars throughout the world. I offer them for, and then I usually offer them for the intentions of the Sacred Heart, Immaculate Heart of Mary, mm-hmm. our Holy Father, Pope Francis. And then I always pray for my parishioners, past, present, and future. And then if there's anything specific going on that I know I should be praying for, um, I add them on that list mm-hmm. as well. But yeah. you can look them up. There's literally hundreds of them. Cool. All right, let's move on to the second reading. Eve, don't get near this stuff. But she just wants to be on the podcast. Seriously, she's going to ruin everything. No. (laughs) This dog is going to ruin it. All right, let's get on to the second reading from Philemon. And Kev, you made a cool note about this one, and I really liked it. So would you share your initial thoughts on this one? Yeah, so in this reading, I love how... um, Paul politely bullies Philemon Philemon, into doing what he wants. Uh, You know, he writes him and says, hey, I'm in prison, and, you know, Onesimus has been helping me and serving me and everything else, and I'm going to send him back to you because he's your slave, but, like, don't treat him as a slave because he's becoming a brother in Christ. And uh, he just, like, sets up so perfectly what the right choice looks like and how to do the right thing. Like, it's not like... Uh, Philemon has to figure out what he's supposed to do or how he's supposed to act. Paul tells him, hey, do this. Um, and if you you regard me as a partner, if you trust me, which you know Paul has clearly earned the esteem of many people in the old world, you're going to do what he says. And this is how you're supposed to act and this is how you're supposed to treat people. Uh, and in a similar way, God always invites us. You know, He gives us a choice and he never forces our hand. But he kind of says like, hey, right here. Come on. It's right here. Do this one. And we're like, ah, but like maybe not. And, uh, you know, learning to say, okay, God, like, you know what you're doing and, and go with that is, is so key here. And and Paul illustrates that well. (laughs) That's awesome. So, uh, okay. I got a question. Was Onesimus, I don't know how to pronounce his name. One (laughs) Seamus. That's probably not it. (laughs) Onesimus. Was he in prison with Paul? He was around him. So I think he was there ministering. I think he'd made friends with him and was there. So the way prisons work there is you're just sort of shoved into a prison and nobody took care of you. That's why it was one of those things that was impressed upon several times in the gospel, um, especially in the works of mercy. Go visit the imprisoned because it was if you didn't show up with food and drink. But you could show up. It wasn't like, yeah. okay, so people were, they were at, like when you say prison ministry, they were like actively the 
yep. showing up with food and drink of people in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think there were guards there to make sure that you didn't pull them out. And in different places, but like Jesus, when he was in prison, was just thrown in a hole in the ground in a cistern. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I, I just couldn't figure out if he was in prison with Philip or with Paul and then and, got out, or if he was ministering to Paul and Paul was sending him out to be his... Like, Paul was basically discipling Onesimus, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I okay. think it was that he was ministering to him. I guess there's a chance that he would have been arrested with him. Okay. Um, but I think it was that he was ministering to him at that time. I think Paul's fun, especially when he's just mean. That's like my favorite form of Paul is when he's, all right, you're dumb. Just do exactly what I say. <laughs> do everything that I say and do it this way. And I think it also shows the power of the virtue of obedience. I was talking to a high schooler about this uh, yesterday. Like, obviously, Onesimus wants to stay with Paul and wants to keep serving Paul, and that's Paul's preference too. But there's an order of obedience, and, like, he's supposed to go back to Philemon first and, and do his duty there. And, and so many times in our life we have to look, okay, where is my first duty, and am I fulfilling that before I do all these other things? And I use the analogy of, you know, theoretically, you're like, oh, if I spent 12 hours in adoration every day, that would be awesome. But if you're not mm. completing your other duties, even though you're praying for 12 hours, you're failing, and you're not going to get to heaven. Yeah, your primary vocation has to be your primary vocation. Whether that's student, priest, father. Husband, yeah, even whatever. I as a priest can't be in the church 18 hours a day. Yeah, you have other obligations as a priest, mm-hmm. as a pastor. Unless yeah. you're Shane John Vianney. Yeah. Yeah, then he's, which, let's be honest, he didn't care for that job. That's why he ran from it a couple times. Really? Yeah, he was. I just read about him. Yeah, I mean, I think he understood the magnificence of what he was doing, but he struggled being in ours. He left three times. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just read about him and the way Satan attacked him and, like, his, like, the physical encounters with Satan and the way he attacked him. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. That's just insane. All right, let's move on to the gospel. Unless you what, guys have something. I want to oh, say Father something, something So I didn't even say anything on this. So Oh, oh okay. My bad. Yeah. This, <laughs> I want to say this is a one-chapter book. Yeah. Go and read this. It's so easy to read. Read the entire. It's 25 verses. Yeah. I think it's 25. Read that before Sunday Mass. It would take you... And it'd give you a good idea who Philemon is. Yeah. And, and the this... relationship between him and Paul is like super... Yeah. It's beautiful. He got to meet him, he got, or he got to know him, befriended him, and then he says, I'm going to send him off, which is the whole idea of what we talked about with sacrifice, and is what's going to build up, I think, in the gospel. So this is one of those weeks where they all flow together mm-hmm. very well. Is a Paul, he's like, I would rather have him here, but you need him there. So even though my life is terrible right now, I mean, and imagine just being in prison, I'm sure it's not a happy yeah. time for anybody, even though Paul probably got used to it. Well, but. I was going to say, <laughs> isn't it in like Second Corinthians, Paul like brags about how all the terrible things that happened in his life. I was in prison like 18 times. I've been shipwrecked twice. You got nothing on me. Yeah, it is. He's, he's like bragging uh, about the amount of crazy things that have happened in his life. All right, gospel, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, this is from Luke, and I'm going to let Kev kick it off again because he definitely did the most research out of the three of us. You know, that's become one of my favorite parts is getting ready for this and seeing all these different things. Um, And this this whole gospel, I mean, man, we're just running through this theme of discipleship week after week here. And. I, I found this this line, this quote about this gospel that just was like, oh, and so I just want to start with that. Uh, it says, if your intention this day is not to seek God or to love him or to love like him, no matter the sacrifice, 
Just stay in bed. <laughs> what? Cold. Whoa. That's awesome. Like, boom. And he and he's saying that. And, like, you're reading this stuff like, hate my mom and dad. Hate my children. Like, what? Like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to live this out? It seems like such a, a contradiction, you know? And uh, I, I want to let Father just explain that because he's awesome. Yeah, and so Jesus likes to speak in these ways in which draws attention to whatever he's trying what point he's trying to get across. And as you've been talking about, we've been talking about discipleship and Jesus is talking about how people have to follow him. But again, as I keep reminding my people in the pews that this is after Jesus has established Peter as his successor and he's moving to the cross so he knows what's coming and it's getting here close in just a few chapters in Luke. Um and he's wanting the people to know the gravity with which he is going to command that they follow him. And so the most important thing in our life is love of God. Everything else has to be secondary. So when he says, if you come to me without hating your father and mother and wife and brothers and sisters, he's not saying that you have to hate them. He says, but you have to love me more. And so as we've God. talked about before, as you two as husbands have to love God more than you love mm-hmm. your spouse. And then Kevin, your children, Kyle. Your upcoming children someday. A cactus. I prayed for them. So at your wedding, so they should be on their way sometime. Um, but your love of God has to be there, or else you will fail. You will not do um, what you need to do in the world. And so he's setting that as the main tone for everything that's going to happen. Um, the rest of his gospel and what is demanded of us. That is a heavy, heavy quote, or that that quote that you found, Kev. Mm-hmm. That's scary. There's a Dorothy Day quote that I'm trying to look up, but I can't find it right now because your internet is really, really slow. But um, the Dorothy Day says, you only love God as much as you love the person you like the least. You love the least. Mm. So the person you love God, or the person that you love the least is the most that you can love God, which is really challenging. <laughs> right? Like, think about that person that's just... Every time you talk to him, just irks you. Mm-hmm. That's the most you can love God. Yeah, that's. I remember the first time I read that, and I was just like, I hate how often we read quotes from the saint, and we're just like, damn it, <laughs> come on, because you know it's and right. It's, uh-huh. And it's, it's right a- when you're starting to be like, okay, I think I'm getting the hang of this thing, and then they're like, oh, by the way, humility. You suck. And you're like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next part about this, of this reading. So first of all, we, have we talked about what it means to be a disciple? I think at some point, haven't we? I don't know. It sounds like we have. What do you want to say about it? I don't know. What does it mean to be a disciple? What is that? Like, what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? Yeah, because we talked about that with discipline even a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did. You're right. Okay. I'm just making sure. Yeah, I think we did. I just wanted to make sure. As a student. Yes. Is what it literally means. Yeah. I think the best story is that Rob Bell thing that I love so much, Kev, about the ancient Jerusalem rabbis when they would get their students to be covered in the dust of their rabbi. Like, you follow them so closely, you know them so well, you're covered in the dust that they they have kicked up. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the coolest stories. Anyway, okay, uh, let's move on to the second part. There's this, what is this, which... It says, which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there's enough for its completion? What, where, where is he going with this? Why is, why is this important? 
I think um, that- I'm presuming he's, I don't know who you looked at when you started that. You were cutting in and out everywhere. So I'm presuming you were just looking at me. Deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for that. Why not? Let me just make some more assumptions. Um, I think that what he's saying there is that this. Oh, we, we lost Kev. Okay, Kev, we're going to have to get back to you. We lost you, bro. Oh, we might have gotten him. Oh, I'm gone. Okay, now we got you. Hey there. Hi there. Yep, we're good. All right, start the whole sentence awesome. over. Uh, so what I was saying there is he uh, – this idea of discipleship that he talks about in the first half of the reading isn't something that you just fall into by accident. It's not like Alice in Wonderland where you're falling into a hole and you wake up in a whole new world. You're like, what's going on and how did I get here? Um, but it's something you have to look at and say, okay, there's going to be costs here, and I'm going to choose to do this. Um, and I'm going to renounce, you know, my life and I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you, Lord. And it's kind of in, um, opposition to the first reading where it says, you know, our plans are, are futile and we have to trust the Lord. Um, and then down here we say like, well, we actually do have to count some costs. We have to look at our lives and say, you know, what, what sacrifices do I need to make to let God do his thing? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He summed that up really well. I like the rabbit hole part. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. What do you got, Father? Um, Join so, in. Yeah, looking at the end of it, he says, in the same way. So he's talking about the one who doesn't, or making sure you have enough resources to finish your building. Um, also, the one who's getting ready to get into battle. And so he says, in the same way, anyone who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. So what do those stories have to deal with? It has to deal with knowing all the facts or knowing everything about what's going on. So you have to know how many pieces of lumber you're going to need, mm-hmm. how many pieces of sheetrock, how mm-hmm. many screws, nails, whatever, to build a house. Um or you got to know the battle situation, you got to know the terrain, you got to know all the details to know, can I survive this or not? Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand it all. So Jesus is also, I think, calling them to say, well, don't just sort of willy-nilly follow me. Don't just say, okay, I'm going to follow you a little bit. He says, know everything that's going to be demanded of you and then resolve to do it. Um, and then to enter into that fully. So I've been thinking, because I'm you know, a little over two years of being a priest, it, because I'm now in the country, I've got a little bit more time to stop and think. <laughs> and I've been going through papers, as you see piles of here. And if mm-hmm. you were to go up in my bedroom or my sitting room, you'd see even more of old piles from seminary of some articles that they gave us towards the end of um, a priest around the fourth and fifth year of their priesthood. That's when they hit their big stall, or that's when they hit some of their big crosses, because that initial zeal has started to die off. Mm. Um, and it's just sort of a recommit yourself to what you already knew you were getting into. You knew that there would mm. be these sufferings. Because it's also the time when you tend to be a pastor out in rural country uh-huh. um, for almost universally in the world, especially the Western world. Of just, yeah, you have to be honest with yourself. You can't just say, yeah, I'll go be a priest and then yeah. enter into it. The seminary, they make it very formal. And I try to do that in marriage prep. But yeah. These are the struggles you'll have. And I think that's what Jesus is calling us into is he's saying, make the sacrifice, but know what you're really doing. Okay, so I have been reading this book called The Forgotten God by Francis Chan. Do you know who Francis Chan is? No. Uh, Kev, you do though, right? I do. Yeah. And my, my, I have a surprise face that no one else can see about Father not knowing who it is. Yeah, I'm actually quite surprised he doesn't know. I'm going to give him a book. Anyway, this book like is, books. he's a, I think he's a Protestant maybe non-denominational pastor. And he's phenomenal. He's a great speaker, great author, but he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he he was talking about the book of Acts and how they lived as one community. They gave all their possessions to the church and the church decided like where the need was. 
So Francis Chan, him and his church leaders at his big church somewhere, Seattle maybe? Does that sound right, Kev? I think it's in California. California. They, their church leaders, they did that. They sold their homes. They sold their boats. They sold all these things and gave them to the church, and the church decided what was appropriate. And I just think that, like, as Christians, especially in Johnson County or even here in Garnett, we have a lot of things that say— that like identi- we identify by, but what if we were to, as he said, renounce all your possessions and give them to the church, and the church decides where the need is, mm-hmm. and that might be just through, um, through like, uh, the, Francis Chan talks about how they they have families now who are living in like multiple families living in one home, like other families are taking in families because they're just flat out renouncing their possessions and giving them to the church and where there is need, the church is providing, mm-hmm. which I think it, it, that's a super extreme way to look at it, especially in our Western culture. Like nobody would sell their house, give up their house, their family home to, and give it to the church. But that's like what Christ is calling us to do is to give all that up, literally give it up, not figuratively. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of time I'm going to get into tithing for a second. If that's Go okay. For it, yeah. I care more about that now as a pastor. Yeah, I was going to say. I think a lot of times we, not a lot of times, just in general, we give out of um, our leftovers rather than the very, very beginning. And I know for Monica and I, like, we had to sit down and we just created our budget a couple months ago that, like, we first and foremost, the money gets withdrawn from our account to go straight to the church right away. And then and then we work with whatever. It's like, it's, a, it's as if we, as a couple never even earned that money. Mm-hmm. It went directly to the church. Where I think a lot of times it's the exact opposite. It's I'm going to pay all my bills. I'm going to make sure everything's good. And what I have left over, I'll give a little bit of that yep. to the church. But the rest I'll spend on toys. Though. Yeah. Yeah. On McDonald's, Starbucks, whatever it is. Where like that alone, just giving from the first rather than the last is a start into renouncing possessions. Would you guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was uh, I was at a seminar with uh, another Protestant guy who was talking about this idea and raising money for the kingdom and stuff like that. And he talked about how, yeah, to take it even a step further, like they look at their finances before taxes, and they're like, "I got to put God before mm. taxes." And here's my total income, and I'm taking ten percent of that, not ten percent after taxes. Yeah, because a lot of people, ten percent after taxes is is a significantly less amount of money. Yeah, and it's a, a much bigger sacrifice to God to say, you know, you're before country, and I'm giving yeah. you ten percent of what I make, um, and making that gift. But I feel like. For you some know, people, man, that's a huge amount of money. That's a huge amount of money, yeah. and it causes a complete shift in lifestyle. Yeah. When all of a sudden you're given you know, $20,000 a year instead of $10,000 a year yeah. because of where you're falling in the bracket. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, I'm not going to get a second house. I'm not going to get mm-hmm. uh, a new car. I'm not going to get the latest updates. Um, but I think it, it goes into the difference here uh, between renouncing all things and leaving all things. Like we're not called to leave all of our stuff and necessarily um, not have anything, but to not be attached to it. That mm. same idea is we're not called yeah. to be attached to our, our mother and our father and our kids. And, you know, I think about some of the friends that we, Derry and I have found in Kansas City. 
And every time someone gets pregnant, you know, that person's bombarded with emails. Hey, we've got a crib. We've got a pack and play. We've got a swing. Like, we may need it back in the future, but for now, your need is greater. There you go. Like, let us know what you need. Clothes swaps, everything like that. And it's awesome. It's incredible and humbling to have those those people in our lives. Well, and I think, like, everybody does that in their own way, Mm -hmm. right? Like, everybody has the friend that if they get sick— they're immediately going to be like, okay, how can I provide meals? Or if they have a kid, like, okay, what can I do to help? Like anything. I was just talking to one of our core members. They're getting married in a couple of weeks. And I called them yesterday. I was like, hey, anything you guys need over the next couple of weeks, like just holler and Monica and I will take, take it. And it it's not out of like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think everybody does that, but there's a difference between um, holding, you're right, holding onto the possession or like having the possession, but just like it's just a there that you can get rid of very easily, and that goes with time and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You got? You have anything else, guys? Kev, you have so many notes on this; it's insane. Well, and I gotta give a shout out, you know, to Life Teen and to um, Brandon Vot for some of the resources that they put out that help you know me go out and find this stuff and prepare for this. Um, without them, it would just be the ramblings of. Well, nonsense, really. <laughs> what is the St. Cicero of Alexandria? What is that about? Cyril of Alexandria? Yeah, we'll go with that. I guess I added multiple Cs. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to screw up some name today. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> go to the next one, too. St. Gregory of what? Well, you're going to read the quote? Nysa. Oh, you just wanted to say the name wrong. Did I say yeah, wrong? Yeah, I just wanted to hear him say names. Is it St. Gregory of Nysa? Nysa. Nysa. All right, what are these quotes I it about? Was Nissa. Share with us. Uh, they're just quotes uh, on the gospel to just reflect deeper on the meaning. And I think we've talked about uh, all of them okay. in, in a little way without quoting them specifically. We've yeah. just talked about the, the ideas that they're throwing forth. Cool. Um, there's the train. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's the train. Hi, train. I think this, uh, this bottom bullet from Life Teen is a great question to leave in, in reflection for Sunday. Okay. Uh, if you want to read that, Kyle. If Jesus called you right now to renounce all of your possessions and follow him, what would you have the hardest time letting go of? Mm. Father, what's like the one thing that comes to your mind when that question's asked? Well, right now, because she's sitting next to you, is my, my puppy. <laughs> well, and you know, and the pets are always awesome, but when I came out here, I knew one person. Your dog. Well, one person in town. One human. One human being. <laughs> But that person I didn't see very often because they don't live with me. So the one person I really know in town is my dog. So she's meant a lot more to me. That's a crazy one. Kev, what about you? What's what's the first thing that pops into your head? Uh, You know, I was about to say technology. um, But I think (laughs) I'd be excited. No, I think I'd be excited to get away from technology. I think it'd be really peaceful. It would be a rough Um, couple days. but Yeah, yeah, I think after a day or two it would be. Once yeah. you make the transition, you're all good. I, so I don't know. That's a. I'm gonna have to think about that one for a while. I what know mine. You know? The hardest thing, besides like my wife, my family, blah blah blah, would be uh, my job. I like. I think I I hold on to that as like a piece. It is like part of who I am. Just like you're a pat, you're a priest. For some, I know that it would be hard for me not to be a youth minister. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah, if that see, makes that's sense. That's a cool thing because if I'm following Jesus, I can still be a priest. Yeah. Because I don't – my identity is that – It is your identity yeah. as a pre, like priest, prophet, king. Yeah. 
Yeah, but my identity should not be rooted in a youth minister. No. Yeah, that'd be the hardest one. I get a cheat. Yes. Yeah, you do have a cheat. Anyway, okay, so that's the question. If Jesus called you right now to renounce all your possessions and follow him, what would you have the hardest time letting go of? We appreciate you guys listening this week. Um, remember to sign on to Apple and give us a some feedback and rate us. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put you in a drawing, and you get a free Beef and Slim coffee mug if you win. I got to do that because even I don't have one of those coffee mugs. Do we have them yet? Are yes. They thing? They're, they're real. Did you bring me one today? No. You didn't win the prize. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> um, we will do that for next week, so we'll announce the winner next week. So if you're listening, make sure you get on iTunes and rate us and give us a little comment. Please rate us well, by the way. That would be <laughs> Yeah, you only get it if you give and us. You know. Feel free to comment Team Slim rather than Team Beef or Team Okay, AM. i got to tell you a story because he'll appreciate this. I won't use his name. Kay. But there is a parishioner who goes to daily mass a couple times a week. Okay. And he gets a kick out of walking out of mass and shaking my hand with a smile on his face saying, Hi, Beef. <laughs> <laughs> it usually makes my day, which is pretty sad because it's over by 8 o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> Has anyone called you and yet, Kev? Uh, I don't know that anyone other than my wife that I, I know listens to this podcast. Well, so. that's just terrible marketing on your part. Yeah. I know. I'm just, working on it. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to figure out a way to slip it into everyone's life. I'm I'm normally really good at shameless promotion. <laughs> my parishioners just got another thing. I I even listed it in my letter that went out to the people today because we do it by email instead of put it in the bulletin. Oh yeah, I've got the hyperlink to both nice. podcasts now. Oh yeah, because oh yeah, Father Adam's homilies are on podcast now again. Yeah. So if you want to listen to those, those were in the comments of last week's. They're in the description of the podcast, so feel free to check those out. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Have a great Labor Day. See ya. God bless. Peace. That was a good podcast. Agreed. Kevin only went out a few times, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, Hold on one second. Stop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Very Good Web Solutions with their innovative design and top-tier customer service. Very Good is leading the charge on website design. Go to verygoodwebsolutions.com today to see their prices and products.